0: What's going on, everyone? Kelly Cavallaro here, one half of 7 Air Media, and welcome to this day's edition of the Honky Tonk Highway, episode 5. Once again, we are back. Thank you all for joining us so far. Had some great guests. It's going to get even better as we go. Um, don't forget, if you haven't yet, follow, like, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We go live on both every day, so those who don't want to watch it on Facebook can watch it on YouTube. I try to include everybody. Um, real quick, before we get to our special guest today, I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, my boy Ryan and um, McCoy Smokehouse in Charlotte. Uh, Will Craig just shared uh, yesterday, and I know I shared it on my page. Um, they partnered with Tito's Vodka, and they're going to give away over 500 free meals um, to families in Charlotte, North Carolina th- on Thursday. Um, a huge shout-out to Ryan and the boys. They always take care of me and the rest of the line dance crew who comes up and visits Will um, over at the Smokehouse Great food as always. Just wanted to give them a huge shout out. That's awesome that what they're doing with the, um with everything going on in the world right now. So, Will, I know you're watching. Tell Ryan, awesome job. All right, without further ado, today's guest, multi-time, multi-time award winner, um, UCWDC Hall of Fame member, um, choreographs all sorts of crazy stuff, pop, country. You name it, he likes it. Mr. Showcase himself, John, Mr. Pickles, Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> you know I had to throw in the Mr. Pickles here. What's up, John? Thanks for joining me today. <laughs>
1: Howdy. I, I figured since this was called the Honky Tonk Highway that I should use my Southern accent, and I should probably probably wear this.
0: <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, well, first of all. Isn't it on backwards? <laughs> no, it's not, actually. Oh, what's it not? <laughs> I'm sure Chris just loves it when you break out the costume. <laughs> um, so, for those uh, uh, who don't know so much about you, give us a little history on, uh, on yourself, real quick.
1: All righty. Well, I've been around a long time. I don't know how quick this can be. <laughs> um, I started uh, line dancing in 1993, I was living in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, my partner at the time, uh, had a friend who wanted to go to the local bar. It was called the Grizzly Rose, and it was patterned after the Grizzly Rose in, uh, Denver. Uh, very, very, very cool bar. Uh, she did not want to go by herself, so she asked Sam to go with her, and he said, I don't like country music. I don't really want to go. At the time, I wasn't a big fan of country music either, uh, but I said, hey, it's a bar. I'm 20-something. I'll go with you. I can sit and drink and watch.
0: Uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was That's your drink of choice started. back then still bourbon?
1: Uh, no, I actually liked... Uh, what did I like back then? Probably Long Island Iced Teas. <laughs> I, that was my favorite. Um, so, 93, started. I started going out with, with her. She lasted two weeks. It was ladies' night. She was worried she was going to be attacked by all the guys. Uh, but, as we all know... Pretty much, I don't know about now, but back then, country bars were a pretty innocuous place. People went there to dance and socialize and didn't really go to pick up people. Not that that didn't happen. But uh, so she she just didn't really enjoy it and didn't go any after the second week. And I kept going because I found it fascinating. Um, but a year later, somebody or the uh, instructors that were there were. Uh, well, considering I was in my 20s at the time, they were older. Uh, And they decided they were teaching too many nights a week and they wanted someone to take over one night. So that by this point I was dancing with a a co-worker of mine who was also a friend. Her name is Diane. Uh, We were doing all the line dances, all the pad and partner dances, all the couples lessons. We did all of it and loved it. So they came and asked us if we would like to teach one of the nights. And I said, sure, never having done it before. Diane, being the sensible one, said, wait,
0: we don't know anything
1: about teaching. And I'm like, how hard can it be? You just put a microphone (laughs) on and you talk. So (laughs) I quickly learned there was more to it than that. Um, But anyway, so I started teaching a year later, started competing. Uh, Somebody said, you're really good. You should compete. About a year after that, I started competing on the UCWDC circuit. That's the United Country Western Dance Council, for people who don't know what that acronym stands for, and started... I didn't win at first. Um, I usually placed in the top four, top three, uh, but at the time I had no um, specific dance training other than just going to the bar and dancing. So um, I you know, have always worked at my craft, tried to get better, tried to learn. It's always a learning process, being a dancer, being a choreographer, being an instructor. It's a continual learning process. So anyway, I did real, started doing really well at the comps, and uh, next thing I know, I was starting to get invited to teach at weekend events. Uh, and 1997, I think, I by that point, Scott Blevins had come on the circuit, so I want to give a shout-out to both Scott and Joe Thompson, Joe thompson Szymanski. They were my role models back then. So... Scott came on the scene, did all these really cool dances. He brought his team. They would do their demos, like all dressed the same, looking awesome. And it was very impressive to watch. And long story short, I decided that if some hick farm boy from Texas, because that's where he came from back then, (laughs) with his long, with his mullet, his long hair, right, if he could come on the scene, and I mean this in a good way, if he could come on the scene and take it by storm and then start teaching and become this big star, I figured. Why couldn't I try it and see what happens? So I had a really good job. I quit my job, decided to try this for a full-time career. And then one more shout-out, Jamie um, Marshall. Back then, we were friends from the competition circuit. So she said, you know, if you need to, you can come move to Louisville, Kentucky, live in my house. I'll help you get your career started. And basically, that's what happened. I moved to Colorado for a year. A lady hired me to come out there and teach. That didn't pan out so well. Uh, called up Jamie one day and said, hey, guess what? And she said, when will you be here? So <laughs> yeah, moved to Louisville, and uh, she helped me get started. She, Well, she helped me get started traveling the circuit because at that time, email was like a brand-new thing. So she set up an email address for me, which was Mr. Showcase. At, AO, at that time, it was AOL.com. Um, uh, because I was the Showcase champion at most of the events that I Uh, competed in and for people who don't know what that means back in those days we had three categories of comp Um, Classic which is where they everybody does the same line dance and then you can add variations Showcases where they give you a track. Everybody gets yes. the song, but you choreograph your own routine to it. So everybody had a different routine. That was my favorite. I love that. But I also really enjoyed the Renegade Division, which they didn't keep around. I wish they would have because that was so much fun. And in the Renegade Division, they would play like a medley of music. Sometimes yep. just two songs. Sometimes three. Sometimes four. And you would have to choreograph it on the fly. Yeah, like you got like what enough.
0: an hour. You had like an hour or something before. Um, yeah. the, well, before the in, comp.
1: In the, yeah, in the very beginning, no. In the very beginning, you never heard the music. Oh, really? Yeah, you would go on the floor, the songs would come on, and you had no idea what rhythms were going to be played. You just winged it. Um, and it was so cool. I love that. I really yeah, loved it. Yeah, that's a really – I, I,
0: I always loved watching the Renegades when we go uh, to UCDWC events that had it. It was always uh, the most interesting one to watch. And I know they still do the classic and showcase because um, to graduate to Superstars, uh, you have to get points in both still. That yeah. I do know.
1: It was a really fun time, and then because I started winning competitions and was making a name for myself on the UCWDC circuit, I started getting invited to more events. Jamie helped. She sent out, a, uh, crafted an email message for me. Uh, she's always been a good marketer, and uh, basically she said, you need to promote yourself and say, hey, I've won all these titles, and I'm available to teach your event if you want to hire me, uh, and that's how it started. I quit my job and, and started that full-time, just outright quit. Um, the first two years were really tricky, so I just want to let people know that it's probably not a good idea <laughs> if, if you want to be a full-time dance instructor, just to quit cult, your regular job cold turkey and go for it. But um, <laughs> it actually worked out. For me. It was a, the, you know I could you know you hear stories about people having no food to eat that actually happened to me, but um, in the long run, it's been a blast. I've been doing this now full time since basically 1999. Um, And I love teaching. Say that again.
0: 99 was a good year. Yeah. It was my first year of college. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So
1: it's been, you know, I really, people say to me sometimes, do you get burned out? Do you not like it anymore? And that has never happened to me. Um, I love, first of all, I love dancing. That goes without saying anybody who's ever watched me. I love dancing. I love teaching. I love teaching. There's nothing... Nothing more rewarding to me than presenting material to a group of people who have no clue how to do it at the beginning of an hour. And then by the end, they're all like clapping and cheering and smiling and having a blast with it because that means, you know, you were able to convey that information to them in a way that made sense. And they're enjoying it. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's it
0: in a nutshell. My whole life. (laughs) Uh, someone, on the, uh, someone in the comments, Chai Lee just said, "Come over, I'll feed you." You probably don't eat that much anyway. <laughs> Obviously, you've never been to a meal with John. Um, sit down with one meal of John um, on a Sunday night after an event. That will change your perspective because uh, <laughs> we put away some food. Yes, <laughs> yes and I <laughs> can again. <laughs> I'm missing that a lot. <laughs> I, I, that, I told Brian yesterday on the show, you know. Regardless of like the money, like missing making money doing my job, um, I actually just miss being on the road. I miss the people. I miss I miss the events. I miss the traveling um, probably the most. And that's like – I know this is like me. I can only imagine you're never home this much. I don't know who's going crazier, you or Chris <laughs> more. Well,
1: <laughs> Chris, Chris is working, so he doesn't really see me.
0: Uh, that's
1: okay um, but i'm getting rambunctious so i uh, nobody believes me when i tell them this but i'm i'm an introvert i've taken that <laughs> that damn personality test thing like yeah. four times when i was really young when i was going uh, i think the first time i did it was for um oh crap it was for something uh one of the job training things i did they did the personality test so mine came back, you know, you're, you want to be like a beachcomber, or you want to go live in the woods, you d- you don't like people at all, you just want to be away from everybody and enjoy nature, which is true, I do love nature. Um, I'm not going to say whether I like people or not, because <laughs> who knows how many people are going to see this. So anyway, so I'm thinking, this will be cool, I can, you know, I like being by myself, I can handle that, I don't mind, but um, it's i'm getting really antsy i guess for i don't know what word to use but i'm it's like i have i feel like i said to chris the other day i said i just need to go jump in the van and drive somewhere and then drive back home just (laughs) just to feel like i've gone somewhere i mean you know it's uh i guess part of the the joy of the experience too is hanging out with people that i know and that i like um and we even though we can do that sort of online now digitally <laughs> it's not it's the not same. the same it's, no, not, the it's same. not the same so it, i think I'm, I'm, I'm missing that energy right that you that's at a, a live event where there are pe- physical bodies and people interacting right. and laughing and smiling and, and playing with each other and i do miss that one of the biggest things i miss is is playing um because when you're at a dance event under the right circumstances, we all know that all of us can get really crazy and just silly and have a blast. And I miss that a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely miss some of the nights, uh, staying up DJ and partying with all y'all. That is for sure. Um, this kind of leads into with you being home. One of the first questions I had, um, someone wants to know, uh, what was your longest drive been? Cause you drive everywhere with, uh, the super J Mark unless it's pretty much overseas. Um, so you, do you take the van or the truck with Chris and, um, where, what's the farthest you've ever had to drove, drive to go from one event to the other?
1: Um, probably let me think. Um, I think there was one trip not very long ago where I went from somewhere on the East coast to somewhere on the West coast. So, um. I don't remember which what the events were or what states I went uh, to and from, but it was literally the East Coast to the West Coast. So it was about four days of driving, um, which, you know, when you do it all the time, well, let me, let me put a <laughs> caveat on it. When I was younger, it did not bother me. I could drive for hours and hours, and I'd be fine. Now I'm like, I've got to get out of this vehicle. You know, I've got to get out and walk around. I can't sit that long. I have back... A little back problem so if I sit too long that irritates it so I have to get up and walk around Um, but you get used to being in the vehicle and I now that Chris uh, has a full-time job I'm driving by myself almost everywhere so that for me is like my decompression time where I'm all by myself I can listen to whatever music I want not those same line dance songs to hear 98,000 times every weekend (laughs) even though I love them I get sick of hearing the same tracks over and over and over so, I can play the music I want. I can listen to podcasts. I um, write song poetry, song lyrics. They just come to me i can't help it i've got yeah. my phone I just sometimes I just sing the song into my phone, so that's great I, It's time to myself, so i'm kind of used to it um, uh, and that's part of the the whole experience now, having said that, I think the most stressful trip was just recently when. I did an event in Lubbock, Texas. Scooter Lee, Dancing yep. for the Dream. I think this was last year. Um, yeah, it was. I did that, and then the very next day, we had to be in Las Vegas for the uh, Vegas Dance Explosion. I, so, I remember
0: that. Yes, that was this past year. Yeah. So
1: I flew Chris down to Lubbock so he could drive us to Vegas because otherwise we weren't going I would never have made it there in time right. to, to get set up. Um, so that was probably... One of the more um, stressful drives—not even the distance—is just that we had to get there, and if he hadn't been there, we wouldn't have made it. So,
0: yeah, Chris just chimed in a few seconds ago. Uh, he said your longest one was uh, Boston showdown to J.P.'s Spring event in San Diego. That, <laughs> so, sounds, that sounds right because I know it was East Coast to West Coast. Leave, leave it to leave it to Chris uh, to remember that. That would so, he would one of the yeah one
1: of the cool things though about being able to drive everywhere is if there's time. I can stop whenever and wherever I want. So you know, when Chris and I drove together, people would always would say to me, "How can you stand being together 24 hours a day?" Well, we get along really well for the most part. I mean, you know, every now and then not, but um, for the most part, we get along very well and we like each other. So, so it was never really an issue traveling all the time with him. Um, but you know it's just part of the it's part of the experience and I love being able to see something on the side of the road and go, hey, that looks interesting. We have time. let's just stop and run in there and check it out. so
0: uh, Lisa Lisa just commented, uh, what kind of podcast you like to listen to on uh, your drives Lisa, he doesn't listen to podcasts he read book, he reads books <laughs> <laughs> oh and I forgot to say that I read books too. Don't yeah. judge right, so uh,
1: this is true. You're you're probably all going what? You read books while you're driving. Now let me clarify that. I don't re- I don't read books when I'm driving in heavy traffic. I don't read books, you know, in cities. I, I only read when I'm driving across Kansas or Colorado, typically. Um, and yes, this is when I'm driving myself, not when Chris is driving. So,
0: but, <laughs> for any of um, you I, uh, law enforcement officers out there watching the show. Um, do not look for the minivan driving through a uh, middle of nowhere, Texas, or uh, deserts. Um, just mind your own business. Even if it says, I love line dancing, just go drive by. You don't need to pay attention <laughs> to what he's doing I behind actually, the wheel.
1: <laughs> I actually told a uh, policeman this story one time. He said, it's all this driving you do, it's got to be hard to stay awake. I said, it is. And the only thing, even podcasts will put me to sleep. If I'm not doing something active, I will fall. I have this thing where I can fall asleep instantly. So... Um, people are like play music. And I'm like, that does not help. It could be the, like, I love music from the eighties. That's my favorite era of music. So I can be playing something that's really peppy and upbeat that I've always loved. And it usually gets me jumping around. If I'm sleepy, I will fall asleep. I can drink an entire bottle of Mountain Dew. If I'm sleepy, I will pass out. It doesn't matter. The only things that keep me awake eating (laughs) because it, is physical action, right? I'm having yes. – usually I have like a bag of trail mix or something or carrots or something where you have to eat one at a time or chips or something. So it's amazing that I'm not hugely obese from all the eating I do on the road. Well, as but, much as
0: you move at a dance event, you, you burn off a pretty good amount. <laughs> it, it So I can only imagine –
1: and, and Jeff, I'm answering Jeff Mullins. I'm trying to look out of the corner of my eye at the comments on my laptop <laughs> over here, and These he are- said, "Holy smoke! That seems dangerous." <laughs> 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 uh. Well, and so I was telling a policeman this and he goes, Do you read while you, he's a line dancer too. He said, you read while you drive? I said, yes, it's the only thing that keeps me alert. And I said, sometimes it takes me like 20 minutes to read one sentence because I'm constantly looking in the side mirror and the rear mirror, you know, to make sure no traffic's coming up on me. But keep in mind, I usually only read when I'm driving across Kansas
0: or Colorado. There's <laughs> nothing to hit.
1: That's You're how driving- I feel it
0: through the first part of uh, Georgia. I 75 is horrible. It's a state that shall not be named. I, I usually don't bring it up. Big Jim's probably going to yell at me because we do call it the state that shall not be named. It's like Voldemort. We don't say the name. Um, Byron Roberson just said, use sunflower seeds. Uh, that's actually what I do. Uh, Kelly will be contested to this. I carry a jumbo bag of sunflower seeds in a big old cup um, um, with me at all times, pretty much, because I have to have that constant doing something. I either talk on the phone, um, cause Kelly, when she's with me sleeps, especially, I don't think she's ever seen the state of South Carolina once. Um, the minute we hit that, that state line, it's, she doesn't wake up till we hit North Carolina. <laughs> um, speaking of Byron Robeson, uh, better known as country soul. Um, he's actually going to be on with us next week. Uh, so check that out April 23rd, Thursday, we're going to talk about the whole, uh, line in scene out in, uh, Cali. So, um, got a couple questions sent in to me. Um, Absolutely. So this should be. Some of these are good. Um, I'm gonna definitely. uh, Some of them. Uh, What is the first dance you've ever wrote? The first line dance you ever wrote when you started choreographing?
1: I don't remember. Um, But (laughs) well, what I do remember, the one that stands out in my head, it was to um, Brooks and Dunn's song because I started dancing in the mid '90s and they were huge. Um, Oh, I can't think of this. It's in my brain. I can hear the. The beat but i can't think of the music anyway brooks and dunn's song and it, i made a completely symmetrical 96 count dance so basically basically it was 48 counts and you did you know everything repeated so like each eight was yeah. symmetrical um oh, i can't think what the track was but that was my first choreography it was like one of the first probably one of the first ones 96 counts <laughs> um, and i entered uh at that time the fort wayne uh, Dance Team Showdown is what it was called. Uh, now it's the Fort Wayne Dance For All that Jamie and Barney uh, run. But back then, the, the Dance Team Showdown was one of the biggest, biggest events that I'd ever been to. So after I did a few choreography entries in some of the UCWDC events, I decided to take some of my dances there because they had a great choreography comp. And I believe the first year that I entered, I'm, I think it was the first year, I had two dances and they took first and second place out of a hundred and some entries so that to me was just (laughs) mind-boggling that that i would you know these two dances because i wasn't you know i didn't have a lot of experience doing choreography but i'm very musical um i have always been my entire life so you know things in the music call out to me you know, rhythm structures, instrumentation, vocal nuances, that all d- runs through my head. So I think I had a good um, basis for doing choreography, just in, innately. Um, but it blew my mind to take first and second place out of a hundred some entries. That was just nuts. Um, and that, those were some of my first uh, dances. Um, don't ask me what they are. I've got the sheet somewhere in file <laughs> and probably in my storage unit. Um, but that was really cool, and so uh, if anybody wants to ask me, like, well, what's your favorite dance you've ever written, or something like that, I don't really have one. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's on the list.
1: <laughs> well, one of, one of my absolute favorite ones that I did was a recent one, and it was um, Summer Heat, which I wrote to the Luke Bryan song, Sunrise, mm-hmm. Sunburn, Sunset, or Sunrise, whatever it is. Yep. Um, I um, really liked the combinations I came up with to that song, and it feels good to me and my body when I dance it. So, I every time I taught it, I would say, I don't really care, not trying to be flippant, but I don't really care if you guys don't like it because I'm really <laughs> pleased with the dance. Um, there were dances that I wrote that were cool for the, the moment. Um, one of the ones that people keep reminding me of every now and then, way back, I did a hundred and, I don't remember how many counts. <laughs> it was long, never dance. It was 128 counts, maybe um very high energy lots of high impact high energy moves because that's the type of stuff i was really into um and that was a cool dance for the time back then in the you know late 90s early 2000s Huh potato always going to be a fun one because that was a huge hit around the world um fresh people still enjoy that today um i still love dancing it people always want to do want me to do a dance dangerous <laughs> yeah i'm about um, to say which it's pretty much my signature dance and that's yeah. uh, there's a story behind So i'm going to tell that really quick so um back in 19 oh gosh i don't remember what year but janet jackson rhythm nation whenever that came out um i loved that cd and i loved that song uh rhythm nation so i started writing choreographing a dance to it and i only did 32 counts and then at this at that point i was living in colorado and a friend of mine who was also a dance instructor there She said, I said, I want to show you this new dance of mine and tell me what you think. And she said, it's too short. It it needs to be longer. It feels like there should be more to it. So (laughs) Dangerous was originally only the first 32 counts. None of this arm stuff was even in there. So um, I was watching television. There's a a little sad note to this story. My mom died that year. So um, I was to... Get my mind off of it. I was watching a Janet Jackson marathon, a video marathon, um, and Rhythm Nation came on. And when I saw them do the arm, this is taken right from the video, that whole little arm thing. That arm slot, <laughs> right, I just stole it, and I tell her I admit that. I'm like, I took this from the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation video because I thought it was cool. Um, but that wasn't in there originally. And I don't think if I had done the second half, I know if I hadn't done the second half of Dangerous, it would not have been as big as a hit as it ended up being. But part of that success, I have to owe to Joe Thompson Szymanski because when I was living in Colorado, Scott Levins asked me to go on a tour of the UK with him. And I couldn't do it. I was working three jobs just to pay my rent. And I said, I can't get the time off from work. I can't do it. And then the next year, Joe asked me to go on a tour of England with her or a tour of the UK with her. And at that point was when I had moved from Colorado to Louisville, Kentucky. So I was, that's when I had not, wasn't working right. and I had free time. So, so Joe, Joe took me to with, with her to uh, the UK and she saw me do this dance. And she was like, that looks really cool. And for that, remember, I don't know who was around back then. But back then, those types of moves and dances were not common. Right. We didn't dance to it, it was mostly country, very, yes. very heavily skewed country, which is great. I love country, um, but I also like pop music and I like dance music and I like I like all kinds of music. So she was like, I think I'm going to have you teach this. And I also did it to um, that girl's been spying on me by Billy Dean. There was a dance mix out to that yeah. track. so That was the country option. So we did that for the country option. And then we used Janet Jackson for the pop version. Anyway, she let me uh, teach that on the tour one night, and people went berserk. Like, you know, it was just, it was crazy, because um, then I discovered, I was at it back in the day when we didn't have downloading. Um, I used to go to use CD stores a lot, because I love my music. So I'd go in, and I'd just grab a pile of CDs, and sit at, they had listening stations. You could listen to whatever songs you wanted, and then decide if you wanted to buy them. So I found this CD, it was uh, Jimmy Ray, and it said, "Are you Jimmy Ray? The Xenomania Club Mix, or something like that." And I was like, "What is that?" So I put it on. And I'm sitting on the stool in the in the CD store, and the song starts. "Are you dangerous? Are you dangerous?" And I'm going, <gasps> "I was like, oh, please let it, please let it work, please let it fit." Um, and so I'm sitting on my stool, and I jump off, and I start doing dangerous in the CD store, and everyone's looking at me like I'm insane, but. It fit beautifully, and that's what the dance ended up being a big hit to, was that Xenomania club mix of Are You right. Jim Ray. So, yep. Yeah, so that I would have to say that kind of gave my career a huge boost because it became like a worldwide sensation.
0: Nice. Uh, Jim, big Jim says uh, you were kind of like the Guyton back then. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh, to, to the extent to the extent that i mean guidanceness Guyton is Guyton's amazing Guyton is i've always said that i admire i'm going to say it right here i don't I, I, because i'm very proud to say that I think Guyton is an amazing instructor um, when he choreographs that stuff right i don't i don't feel comfortable doing a lot of it it's not my thing like it's, I can do it I can dance it he said to me once John you can do all this stuff I said I know but it doesn't feel comfortable to my body you know how some people look really good doing hip-hop and some people don't some people look really good doing a waltz and some people don't I mean right. we all have our we all have our genres that appeal to us more yeah I tend to like hoppy jumpy aroundy stuff and really really pretty stuff the two extremes so um but when Guyton came on the scene, and some of the dances that he brought, first of all, I thought his choreography was just um, really cool. Um, and I was a fan from the beginning. Of course, we all thought he looked like a
0: freak at first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: didn't, he have, didn't he have dreads at first, like blonde? I thought he had dreads. At the he he went to dreads shortly after. When he
0: first came on, he had the – The mohawk? The, no, the pebbles look, like pebbles from uh. Flintstone. He, wore, he had the visor, and he had the hair that sprouted out like pebbles – um, so,
1: well, but that's what I mean. We were all like, "Who the hell is this?" So anyway, <laughs> then. Um, but I will. I will always say that I think he's an amazing instructor because I remember one event. He brought this amazing, really cool dance with all this tutting and all these hand gestures, and I was like, "No one's going to get that." Not that I had. Not that I didn't have faith in him and his choreography, but I was like, "Oh, people are. 're are not, not going to look good doing it." And I watched an entire ballroom of Don't be offended, y'all. Old ladies. (laughs) Right? I watched the entire ballroom of these older women learning this dance and looking really good by the end of it. When the music was on, they were all doing it. They looked awesome. They were doing the tutting. I'm just like... This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So, anyway, yeah. He, but, so at my, at the time that I did Dangerous, it was, we didn't do hands. Nobody did hands. You didn't do hand, you didn't do arm and hand things, right? So that freaked people out. Some people didn't want to do it. They refused to do it. They're like, I'm not doing that because it's got hand motions in it. And I'm like, it's dancing. To me, it's all dancing. And if you, if you look at it now, if you look at our scene now, the line dance scene, and all of the influences that we've brought into it, it's a whole different animal than what it used to be back in the, in the eighties and the nineties. So I like the progression. I think it's cool that we've incorporated other kinds of styles and formats and worked them into our line dance, um, repertoire. That's, that's really neat to me because it gives us different ways to express ourselves to music. Uh,
0: yes. Very, uh, I definitely like how the incorporation of the different styles, um, Still to this day, because you you don't stick to one style at all. You go from country to pop to waltz to lyrical. You you go from one to the other, pretty much from dance to dance. You don't usually stay.
1: Yeah, I I don't know really where that comes from, other than the fact that I enjoy all different kinds of music. So, and if a song inspires me or motivates me to move my feet and my body a certain way, then I just can't help it i'm gonna have to choreograph to it um that's that's one of the things i love about what i do as well is that you can have so many different types of people and so many different types of, of of um uh what's the word i want uh i can't think of it but people have different preferences, right? right? So I love to dance with the country crowd. I love that, I started at a country bar. I will always love dancing with a country crowd. It's the energy's there, it's fun, they like to make noise, they like to stomp, they like to wiggle their butts around, you know, and I love all that, I love teaching at country bars. That's one of my favorite things to do, it's favorite just the word, it is now. So, uh, But I, I started at a country bar, so I really enjoy teaching at country bars and clubs. And I'm very appreciative of all the bars and clubs that invite me to come teach there. Um, and it's, it's really interesting to me because that's my home. That's where I came from. Right. And I learned to be an entertainer, sort of, from starting at a country bar. You not only have the people that are with you on the dance floor, but you have all the other people that are around the outside, drinking, talking, playing pool, uh, throwing darts, whatever they're doing in the club you should be entertaining the entire place. Right. So when I when I teach, that's my goal is to entertain everybody. Even if you're not on my on the dance floor with me, I want you to be entertained. So you're not like, "Oh god, when's this going to be over so we can, you know, hear the you know, hear the DJ play." Um, so I love that, but I also love I love I love most of it. I mean, there are certain things that eh, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's not my thing. So that's great. I get, a, I get a break then. I don't have to be constantly dancing on the floor. That gives me time to relax. But I love, I love pretty stuff. I love really beautiful waltzes and nightclubs, lyrical stuff. One of um, Fred's dances, Witness, oh my gosh, that is just so cool. And that, that made me cry when I learned that dance. Uh, and when I danced it, it made me cry. Uh, One of my favorite dances is Rio Boss's "Bittersweet Bittersweet Memory." Same thing; I can connect to it, um, and I get very emotional when I do that one. Um, That is what I love about this whole scene: is that it can get us in our souls, right? So, Um,
0: someone asked earlier: uh, Was there any one particular song or dance uh, that you learned and heard when you were first starting out that kind of got you to want to stick around line dancing like what was that one like everyone usually has that aha moment where I'm really gonna like this because most times nine out of ten they go to their first lesson and half the time the song is probably not what they prefer um and that especially like at a country bar if you're if you show up there with your friends the first one might be but that second or third one down the road like oh I really like that song I hear it on the radio all the time did you have one of those that just kind of got you hooked?
1: Well, remember I'm old, so I don't really remember that far back, (laughs) but what I do remember is when I started going to the Grizzly Rose, the instructors there taught a very limited um, repertoire of line dances. Um, They kept it pretty easy, um, and I would venture to guess maybe between 16 and 24 dances was all that they taught all the time. So some of those were really fun, Ski Bumpus. I mean, back then, you know, we would do it Contra. It was enjoyable because you were Contra, you were with your friends. Um, but once I discovered the bigger world out there, out of, outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, and saw all these other dances that people were, people were doing in other places, I was like, I want to do those. So when I uh, became a teacher at the club, The very first dance that I taught was something I had seen in Milwaukee. We had gone to a club, a whole bunch of us from the club, drove down to Milwaukee, it was like a bus or something. We all went down there, went to one of the big clubs, um, had a blast, but saw all these cool dances that we weren't doing back in Green Bay. So when I came home, I wanted to do one of them that I saw that looked like a blast, and it was Born to Boogie. So Born to Boogie by Hank Williams Jr. was the song, and I don't remember who choreographed the dance, but it was very high energy. Lots of hopping around, lots of, it was very high energy, and it really appealed to me. So that was the first dance I ever taught, was born to boogie. Um, While I'm going to finish the story by saying you should never teach a high energy, high impact dance for your very first one, because (laughs) I knew nothing about breath control yet. I just put a microphone on, and I'm going, and kick, and rock. Anybody, give me a second. I could not breathe because I was—it's all jumping and hopping, right? But I loved that dance, love, love, love that dance. And then a dance that really, really, really caught my eye, that I really still enjoy very much today, was Scott Levin's Swingtime Boogie. So um, I took that—I learned that from him at one of the UCWBC weekends, I believe. And then I decided to bring it back to the club. And green, well, not to the bar because it wasn't a bar dance. No. But I wanted to offer it as a workshop and say, exactly. hey, for those of you that want something a little more challenging, it's a really cool dance. It's really fun. Also, we, I had a dance team then, and we all learned it. And when people saw the team doing it, they were all like, what is that? We want to learn that. So I had to do three Saturday workshops to teach that dance because at that, back then, that was really hard for people. Right. Um, But seeing Scott bring dances like that and out of line, uh, which ended up being one of my competition dances, um, seeing him bring those dances onto the scene made me want to do it more as well because it showed me there was more to line dancing than just 16 counts or 24 counts that you did to a really slow song.
0: Yeah, I think I I actually put a video up, a Swing Time Boogie, up on um, our YouTube channel because I believe Doug Miranda drug... Him and Simon Ward and... To do a demo. Yeah, out at um, in one of the nights at Vegas during the show. It was... Caught him off guard. He wasn't expecting it. He didn't <laughs> tell him ahead of time. He just said, hey, Scott, come out here. I want you to do a dance. And uh, he said, twink boogie. And the face, the look on Scott's face was like, you want me to demo what dance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jackie well, Miranda was like, dance. oh, wow. And uh, she got out there... And uh, Simon, I believe, yeah, I put that up as one of the throwbacks one day uh, of them from cool. Vegas from the show. It was a good one. It was it was very entertaining.
1: Yep, love that one.
0: Yeah, it was All it right. was it was good. Um, what other questions you have? I got. Give uh, me <laughs> some more. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, uh, who do you think is the most influential person in line dancing? Ever? Uh, yeah. This one came from uh, Carol Craven. Uh, World Line Dance Newsletter. Shout out to Carol for uh, everything uh, her and Stacy do. Um, yeah, she asked, uh, "Who is who do you think is the most influential person in line dancing?
1: Hmm, that's a really good question, Carol. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure how to answer it because different
0: people have had different influence. On different types um, of different phases. That, at yeah, least that's where I got so, out of it.
1: And it's continuing to be that way as well. So back when I started... Um, let, I'll start from when I began and up until now kind of start to do like a mini time capsule so back then Max Perry and um, Joe Thompson, she wasn't Szymanski yet they were probably the two people that most people back when I remember when I right. began they were the two that most people were like oh my god they're stars they're amazing they're wonderful and of course they are but they were the you know they were the peak at that time Right. Um. And then, as time went on, you know, we gained other people. Like Scott came along. Um, I think he was groundbreaking as far as, um, you know, just getting us out of that zone of country line dances have to be. I don't know. He brought he brought newness to it. Right. Um, we. I mean, everybody back then was like, "Who is that? Who are those people?" And are those I, I
0: think if marathon people? happens. Um, I think you really need to dress up like a Billie Ray Cyrus with the. <laughs> with the party in the back, Scott Blevins look, and uh, show up uh, <laughs> and do one of your teaches. I think that would be uh, hysterically funny for everybody.
1: Yeah, I could teach, uh, what was his, oh, he had a, some, some dance that we asked him to do at one of our, our um, JJ jams, which was where we did all old dan- classic dances. Uh-huh. Um, brown Grape Boogie, that was it. Yep, I could do that one. Um, But anyway, so and then as time went on, you know, other people came on the scene. Guyton was very uh, revolutionary, very groundbreaking. Um, And we continue to see that today with uh, some of the younger choreographers coming in. Of course, Rachel is a star uh, in her own right and deservedly so. She came on the scene and... Um, at first we could see, you know, and she'll admit this, the influence of Joe Thompson, cause she, she looked up to her and looked up to her as a mentor. Um, most, m- most of us have. Um, and then she became just, you know, huge on the circuit and an amazing person, an amazing choreographer. Now she put together the digital dance weekends for us, which I major kudos to her and major, uh, uh gratitude and appreciation to her for arranging that, um, So and now we have people like, oh, I don't know. There's not there's not very many good people out there right now on the scene. You know, they're all kind of like Fred Fred Whitehouse and Gary O'Reilly and all those people. Nobody really cares about them. So (laughs) Shane Shane McKeever, who's that? Um, But I, I like that we're seeing and Madison Glover never heard of her. So, um, but I like that we're seeing more and more people coming from other countries as well. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of promoting American choreography and American choreographers. I feel sometimes we get overwhelmed with all the input from the other countries, but it's cool that we have people from France and, and Denmark and all over the place who we can rely on to to bring us quality instruction and quality choreography that keeps it fun and interesting because every one of us has our own style and our own approach and one of the things that I that I coach people on when they say hey what should I do to break into you know this industry like you I want to be a traveling line dance instructor and I say are you crazy but uh, I I say you know figure out who you are and then stay true to that so everybody we're all different right some of us are really funny some of us are more serious um some some uh, instructors teach like really really hard stuff some pr- prefer to do easier stuff some like the country aspect some like to do hip-hop or or you know we all have our sort of niche um my my thing what i try to do is to wherever i'm at whatever whether it's a club a local lesson like a tuesday night class somewhere um
0: uh,
1: a bar um uh, one-day event or a full-blown weekend is to bring the type of material that I feel those customers want the most right Uh, so I change it up I don't I don't um, I have dances that I try to promote um, and one of the weird things about me is I don't feel a necessity I don't feel a need to always just promote my own choreography Um, I've been scolded about that by a couple of the top names you should just teach your own stuff and I go but I don't want to. I don't feel... I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy if people want to learn my dances and spread them around and enjoy them. But the goal for me is not to push my own material. The goal for me is to push quality material that I feel people will run out to the floor to enjoy. So I love, I love teaching things that maybe no one would ever know if, if I hadn't brought it to the circuit. Um, and there's been a lot of them that I've brought not that I'm bragging on myself But there's been a lot of really cool dances that are still done that fill floors that I taught First that wasn't my choreography because I like the dance and if right. I like it I want to be able to do it So I want as many people to know it as possible So that's one of my goals is to, to help, you know, and then that will inspire future Leaders and future innovators in our industry as well. If they go, hey, John Robinson taught my dances. Everybody's doing it. Play that sax, Michael Metzger. Yes, you know? I remember when you Love. took that because
0: uh, Michael actually debuted that at Windy City one year, and uh, then you took it on the road right after he debuted it. And that that was a great song and great dance. Um, I always say uh, Madison Glover when she came over here for Fun in the Sun, she did the same thing for Lonely Drum. Yep. Um, she debuted. She was the first one to teach Lonely Drum over here in the states and after she taught it fits it blew up like wire wildfire it it went everywhere and it's still one of the most done dances pretty much at Absolutely. every event every weekend um and uh sometimes that's what it's needed especially for newer choreographers and, and less known choreographers if if their stuff isn't being taught it's never gonna catch on um for sure and if it all it I, takes is I, one
1: yes and I like um a dance that um, I choreographed with a guy named Kelly. It's called
0: <laughs> Zero to Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we did do that, uh, and you did take. You've taught. You've taught a couple of mine. You've uh, Beam My Mind. You've taught a couple of the. I'm um, My Mind. Yeah, and um, that actually transitions into one of the next questions uh, that I got sent to you, sent in for you. Was what do you think is the biggest mistake new choreographers make? Like, what is the one thing that you th- that you see? And I I know personally. Um, I ask you all the time. We You, you judge the US, uh, USLDCC. Um, you judge lots of choreography competitions. You judge at Fort Wayne. Um, and I'm probably the biggest pain in the butt to judges because I go up and ask every I, I want to know. I, I That's the whole point. I want to know what you like, what you didn't like, what can I improve um, all the time. And you are one of the ones that definitely give tons of feedback. You have no problems talking and giving as much feedback. And you do a class about how to write a and um write a line dance from start to finish. You uh, yep. you do it a couple of events a year and I I personally love it when you do that because for those who don't it's like no two choreographers write the same. Their right. process, um I've I've co written um really with only three people. Uh John Robinson, um Trevor Thornton and uh Chris Joxon. Let me tell you, none of them <laughs> none of them look at stuff the same. None of them. Right. Um so right. it's uh,
1: true. Um, that's and I also I love judging um, I really enjoy that because not not that I want to be uh, critical but what I love about it is I love to see how different people interpret a song um, this, <laughs> this goes back to my love of showcase right I love to see what different people bring and what kind of nuances they pull out of a track what they're hearing how they're going to interpret that um, so I guess It's hard to—it's challenging to answer your question. Um, (laughs) Well, because that's what I'm here for. Yeah, (laughs) but there's so many—there's so many factors involved. Um, First of all, I want to say there's no right or wrong choreography um, because we all hear things differently and we're going to interpret them differently.
0: Right. However,
1: there are good and not so good ways to present the choreography. (laughs) So you might have what you think is a really cool idea. Um, and because this is one of the things I tell the new choreographers all the time because you wrote it, you compiled it, you put it together, you're going to be able to execute it and make it look good. However, if it has flaws, like if your, um, your body momentum is carrying you to the right and you suddenly change direction to go to the left without a transition, that's going to be awkward for social dancers to do. And it's a flaw in your dance. Um, so I say... Learn as much as you can um a couple things that i do number one if i feel like i'm just stuck and nothing's coming to me and i need some inspiration i go on youtube (laughs) i i've I've coached people and said here these are the people i follow i follow choreographers not line dance choreographers people that do all kinds of other choreography because then it kind of stirs up like i'm like oh that was really cool what they did there and then it gets my creative juices flowing again so watch other types of styles first of all that you're not comfortable with or that you don't know learn what your rhythms are please don't bring me a a waltz with hip-hop moves in it unless it's a funky waltz right <laughs> <laughs> um, but i see you know I, I just from seeing and even the dances that people send me people send me dances all the time they they Here's my new dance. Can you look at my step sheet? And I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't really have time. But now I do. But <laughs> and nobody's sending, no one's sending me them now. Um, but um, usually I don't have time to look at them all and then walk through them and see how they feel. And usually I coach people to do that, too. That's my job. But anyway, learn what the rhythms are and what moves are appropriate. And then just take as many classes as you can go to different instructors see how they teach see how they put dances together see what feels good on your body and then try to figure out why that feels good what are the reasons does it hit a cool tick in the music um Do those steps, some dances you just, they just flow. You just, you you don't have to think, right? Your body just wants to do that next move. Why is that? It's called called good choreography. The choreographer put the moves together so well and they fit the music so nicely. You don't have to think about it. That is genius when people can do that. Um, So learn as much as you can Um, and then try. I mean, and also ask for feedback. Um, You'll you'll never grow if you don't ask for feedback. And there are people who I've spoken to in the comps who are like no i'm happy with my dance i don't really care what you have to say and i'm like well then don't ever expect to improve because growth in any medium is only accomplished by opening yourself up to new experiences and trying new things and learning always learning
0: yes uh big Jim. vote yes that is my job as a competitor jim is to give feedback and i agree with john being a competitor definitely definitely get your feedback you might not like it all the time but for the most part, most of it is pretty helpful. Um, and uh, if you ever want to Every- get John to actually look at your dances, just come up <laughs> on Thursday when he's trying to set up his booth, bring a glass of <laughs> bourbon or a margarita. He'll stop what yeah. he's doing and watch you dance. Trust me. That- I yep. get yelled at and all I- the time. Kelly, you're making me take too long to set up my booth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I actually like to give, um, you know, and everyone's going to have a different take on it. Um, so you may ask Rachel for her feedback, or you might ask Joy Warren for feedback or whoever's on your judging panel. And we might give you different things to think about, um, things that, that I'm going to notice the most things that jump out to me, the musicality of it. Like, are you bringing out, I want to see there's a break in the song, right? And it happens in the same spot every time. And you completely dance through it. That's going to bug me. Right yes. or <laughs> or there's, there's 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 like what I call a curve in the music. The music the music curves and, and changes or does something, but your dance is not mirroring that. It's not matching that. Those types of things are going to things uh, flow is also a big deal for me. Those are things that are going to stand on my mind. Other people might say, oh, you know, hey, I saw this move and it just seemed a little weird, and maybe you could transition it this way to to flow better or, or whatever. So everyone's going to give you valuable feedback if you're open to
0: it. Nice. Um, I'm going to try to squeeze in two more um, questions. One of them I came up with, and it's a topic thing. Um, You're one of the ones that really hasn't choreographed anything new on this hiatus. Um, You've wrote in one dance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, actually it was before the hiatus.
1: Actually, I have another dance. I do have one dance, and I'm not sure when I'm going to release it because I'm writing it with Rob Holly. Yeah. Um, And... Uh, we originally felt like the song needed two restarts and then he came up with this radical idea that if we started the dance from the middle instead of the beginning, then the steps, because we wrote steps to some of the lyrics, then the steps would fit and we wouldn't need any restarts. And I was like, I like that idea. I like that concept. But now it's going to freak me out because I wrote certain patterns, you know, to match certain things. So I'm like, I have to see how it feels. I might have to tweak a couple things. So other than that, I did um, All the Feels was my last, my most recent dance, which right. I taught in, in the digital, first digital dance weekend. Yep. But I'm not feeling motivated to choreograph anything. I mean, um, I have to tell you guys, I'm very emotional. I'm very connected to other people and other people's sufferings or problems they're having or just even in the world in general. So I've had to... Not, I've had like today, I've said, I told myself I want to be in a good mood for this little uh, interview. You know, it's my first talk show. So um, uh, I didn't look at any news. I just deliberately tried not to look at any news articles. Or, and my phone pops up with you know alerts all the time from this news source and that news source and Apple News. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to click on any of those things. Um, so I have to be in the right frame of mind to do choreography. Right. Um, also I have, to, I have to hear something that strikes me as something that I want to dance to so people are suggesting music to me all the time and I go hmm. That's, you know it's not tripping my trigger I have to be like ooh yeah I want to write something to that So I, I know, we, I know
0: we passed songs back six or seven times since we wrote the first one together and haven't really fell on one that we both fell in love with and the one we did it turned around and the next day someone released one to it so okay. <laughs> there <it> was that <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so
0: I'm gonna end with the exact same question I've asked the last couple people. Um, and you were event you uh, having your event in Vegas with uh, Chris and uh, you doing the event in Kansas City now. Um, this is gonna I do.
1: In fact, I'm quickly gonna say <laughs> if, if everything is still uh, if all is good uh, in August, Dancing Up a Storm in Kansas City is August 6th through the 8th. Actually, 6th through the 9th, but the 9th, we don't have any workshops or anything. So um, it is a very cool event because we have couples, pan and partner, and line dancing. We've got all three. And this year, I'm very happy to say, if things work out, cross our fingers, that we'll all be able to do this by then. Um, Darren Bailey and uh, Bracken Ellis are going to be our... Uh, Two featured line dance instructors, and we have also have Melissa Culbertson coming uh, for couples. And then we've got all kinds of instructors that come back every year. Um, I'd love for it. I'd love for you to come try it out. So your question is: If money were no option, (laughs) it is. Where would I host? host Where would you host the event? event
0: And first first five instructors.
1: (laughs) All right, really quick, New Zealand. Nice. I have always wanted to go to New Zealand, my entire life, because it just looks amazing and I want to go there. So that would be my location. When it comes to instructors, I'm weird. Um, When I host, (laughs) and this is what I mean, when I host my events, I'm not looking for the people that everybody else is hiring. Um, What I'm looking for are two things, number one people that are fun and friendly, and people that play well together, number two. So the people that I bring, and I like to expose my attendees to people they've never seen before. So like Chris and I brought over Cato Larson. Um, we brought over Willie Brown. I think we were the first people to hire Willie Brown in the U.S. Um, and nobody knew who he was over here. And then they were all, now they're all in love with him right? So you're welcome, Willie White Socks.
0: <laughs> that hashtag actually came up a little bit ago from Rachel Trim. Uh Hashtag Willie White Sox. Yeah, but
1: that's part of my goal as an event director is to try to bring you new experiences. So I can't choose five people um, because it would have to be whoever I was in the mood to hire that at that time. Um <laughs> I will, I will probably always have, like, what we call an A-lister, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, I would love to have, like, a Fred Whitehouse. We have Darren, hopefully, in August at Dancing Up a Storm. Um, I always bring in, like, one of the big top names that everybody's, uh, woo right? But then I'd like to have other people. Like, there are tons, and I wanted to do this before we stop. I wanted to um, just give a shout-out to all the local instructors everywhere because without them, we wouldn't have all these dancers that are so excited to do what we do. Um, And a lot of those local instructors, because I tour all the time and I teach at a lot of local classes, which gives me a very unique perspective, I think, on this whole industry. And there are some amazing local instructors who are witty and funny and very clear, great teachers, great energy. And I would rather honestly bring one of them in and have them because it'll give it's new and exciting for them, and it's new and exciting for the people at the event. Like, who is this person, and why have I never seen this crazy, wonderful person before? Right? <laughs> but I'm all about sort of giving the underdog, if you will, or the unknown person a chance in the spotlight.
0: Very nice, very nice. Well, thank you, John, for coming on. It was great having you. Um, awesome time as always, spending time with you. Uh oh, as he gets Not a problem, the- partner. <laughs> Good to see you, Kelly. <laughs> Thanks everyone out there for joining us today. Uh, don't forget, Friday we have a special at two o'clock um, Eastern. I'm putting on a one-hour class lecture, kind of on why your why your music and videos are getting blocked. Um, I've been live streaming for over six years now, and I have a little bit of info talking to the people at BMI and ASCAP and CSAC and some copyright attorneys, and um, I'm going to share all the information I have for free to. Shed some light on the whole why y'all keep getting blocked. And then don't forget, tomorrow, 5 p.m., come join us. We got event director extraordinaire, one half of JC Dance Productions. My boss, Jennifer Cameron, is going to be joining me. So this should be hysterical, fun. It's going to be a fun time. So once again, thank you, John, for coming on. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.